the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The John Steigerwald Show. Sponsored by ServiceMaster of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Portions of today's program may be pre-recorded. Okay, what's that thing on his neck? Have you seen the giant jagoiter on John Fetterman? It went viral over the weekend. A jagoiter, of course, is the scientific term for any really large lump or boil somewhere on your head or neck. John's got a big one at the base of his skull, which might explain why he's always wearing a hoodie. And it wouldn't matter all that much if it weren't for the fact that he was seen again over the weekend trying to speak at an event, and he's still not capable of putting two sentences together. This seems like it you know, might be a problem for a guy who's expecting millions of people to vote for him in a couple of months for a you know, pretty important job. The sick thing is his head could explode during a speech and millions of Democrats would still vote for him. Now there's a report from Reuters, though, that some top Democrats in the state are starting to get worried. Here's what the report said, quote, Speaking on condition of anonymity to discuss their concerns, five state Democratic Party officials interviewed in the past two weeks expressed worries about Fetterman's health and whether Republican attacks were swaying voters. So actually, uh, unquote, so, so they're actually they're more concerned about whether the attacks are swaying voters than they are, you know, about whether the guy has the mental capacity to serve as a U.S. senator. You'd think they'd be concerned about that. Well, of course, they know that they'll be able to pull the strings if he manages to win the Senate seat. Of course, anybody with a brain would be afraid enough of Fetterman because of the stupid things he says to make sure he never sniffs any position of power. But that's where we are in Pennsylvania right now. The guy favored to become the next U.S. senator is incoherent and has a giant, unexplained jagoiter that nobody's willing to talk about. Meanwhile, there may be hope for the great white north. Canada may have had enough of the liberal stupidity of the communist girly man up there, uh, Justin Trudeau. And it could be one of many signs that a good number of people around the world have had enough. Seems to be happening in a lot of places. We're going to talk to our Canadian correspondent when we come back. And in our second half hour, do you remember Bike Lane Billy? He used to be the mayor, Bill Peduto, and he loved bike lanes. Turns out bicyclists should not love them at all. We'll explain. Stick around. Carjackings, murder, armed robbery, violent crime is spiking. And John Fetterman said the most critical thing he could do is to let convicted criminals out of jail. As chairman of the Board of Pardons, Fetterman led the charge to put more felons back on our streets. Just listen to Fetterman. I have made getting them out of prison like the most, you know critical thing I, I'll, I'll ever do and there isn't anything that i won't do within the limits of of the law in my office to make sure that they are free far left john fetterman bragged that getting convicted criminals out of prison is the most critical thing he'll ever do fetterman's also trying to end life sentences for felony murder he's working to let the worst violent thugs out of prison far left fetterman is dangerously liberal on crime and too far left for pennsylvania senate leadership fund paid for and is responsible for the content of this advertising, not authorized by any candidate or candidate's committee, www.senateleadershipfund.org. The coming midterm election may be the most important in our country's history. The battle lines are drawn. America's soul is on the line, and now is your chance to help freedom win. This is John Stagerwald. Join us Thursday, October 20th, when AM 1250 The Answer presents the Battleground Talkers Tour 2022, the midterm showdown, live at the Double Tree by Hilton and Green Tree. Here, Salem media hosts Mike Gallagher, Hugh Hewitt, Dennis Prager, and Brandon Tate 
them, dissect the upcoming election, learn what's at stake, and take part in a vigorous discussion about the issues that are so crucial to you, your family, and community. We'll discuss the economy, inflation, the border crisis, our civil rights that are under attack, higher taxes, and the real effects the Biden administration is having on this country. It'll be a night you won't forget that could make all the difference in this coming election. 7.30 p.m. Thursday, October 20th, following a VIP dinner at 6. General admission, just $20. Get details and tickets now at TheAnswerPGH.com. Presented by Wired Differently. Sponsored in part by Hagerman Law. Dan owed an unbelievable amount of money to the IRS. I got behind on my taxes. It's a horrible feeling. He was in denial. And when I got those letters from the IRS, you wanted to act like they didn't exist. Finally, Dan turned to Optima Tax Relief, the leading tax resolution firm. A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau, they've resolved over $1 billion for their clients. Optima got me a settlement with the IRS. These people are really people-friendly. It was every bit of a new lease on life for me. The fast action and the great results made Dan's head spin. I felt like I was in a dream, but it's real, and I have paperwork to prove it. They got the job done, and life is good. For tax help you can trust, call Optima now for a free consultation. If you're worried about what's going to happen with the IRS, stop worrying. Make the call now. Call 800-354-2840. 800-354-2840. 800-354-2840. Tax Relief. Testimonial from an actual client. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. This view was worth a hike. Right? And it's a good way to stay on top of my health. Yes. I'm Cologuard, a prescription colon cancer screening option for people 45 plus at average risk. Have you screened for colon cancer? Not yet. Don't wait. It's more treatable when caught in early stages. Tell me more. Cologuard is non-invasive and it's used at home. It detects altered DNA in your stool to find 92% of colon cancers. 92%? Yep, even those in early stages. This was seen in a clinical study with patients 50 and older. Any positive results should be followed by a diagnostic colonoscopy. False positive and negative results may occur. Cologuard is not a replacement for colonoscopy in high-risk patients. Do not use if you have had adenomas, have inflammatory bowel disease and certain hereditary syndromes, or a personal or family history of colon cancer. Most insured patients pay $0. Ask your provider or an online prescriber if Cologuard is right for you. Or visit Cologuard.com. I'm in. The John Steigerwall Show. AM 1250, The Answer. Hey, we've been keeping our eye on Canada since the uh, early days of COVID because of how the country's begun to look like North Korea. And we kind of looked at it as a sign of what could happen here. But uh, there's some good news over the weekend uh, from up there. There was an election. Now, we stopped trying to figure out Canadian elections a long time ago. So let's bring in Joe Warmington. He's a reporter and columnist for the Toronto Sun. Joe, thanks for coming on. And uh, Mike tells me that uh, you're in the middle of a shootout right now. What's going on up there? Yeah, we talked earlier. It was, uh, you know, there was lots of shootings over the weekend. But this, this is really a serious uh, scenario. Uh, we've had a police officer killed in, in the Tim Hortons uh, in the west end of the city in, in wow. Mississauga. A Toronto police officer doing training out there. There was reports of other officers being shot, but there was actually a, um, a carjacking, and somebody was shot there. Then there's three more people in a shootout in Milton, which is a neighboring you know, uh, city, and then the suspect's been shot. So it's all a little bit of confusion, but it's a wild dog day afternoon here in the greater Toronto area. And it's another example, uh, you know, back to what we're going to talk about. It's just what a mess the country's in. Yeah, well, I mean, how can this be happening? Uh, Justin Trudeau said you're not allowed to have guns. They, they, didn't these people, um, don't they listen to him? You know, they really, really, you know, done a number on the country because what they've done is they've taken away the guns from the legal owners, the collectors and target shooters and they've let the only people allowed to have guns are the criminal gangs and they use them and of course they don't register them and so you know you end up with things like this on the weekend there was eight shootings and 11 uh people uh hit and one was murdered he was a 15 year old boy now you didn't hear about that you don't hear prime minister trudeau talking about that um if there was something to do you know there's there's things that he would talk about uh you know to the country about yep. maybe but not about a, a teen boy being murdered. So it's it's uh, it's kind of hell on earth here. Uh, we call it Little Chicago. 
Um, it's, you know, I don't know. I've never, I've been a reporter for 31 years at the Toronto Sun. So I've seen shootings, but, you know, it's just the fact that they don't care and they just let it happen and everybody else is at fault. And it's, uh, it's, it's hard to accept that maybe this guy, Pierre Polyev, the new leader of the Conservative Party, will take it seriously and try to keep our people safe here because we need help. Yeah, and uh, we could talk for a long time about the stupidity of gun control, but Justin Trudeau, is, uh, he's a prime example of that stupidity, and uh, you're seeing the results of it up there. So uh, we have limited time here, Joe. Joe so, so what was the election? Who won, and why did the liberal Toronto Star say that it, quote, set the stage for a new era in Canadian politics? Well, the, the, the Toronto Star represents the Prime Minister's office. It's a, basically an arm of that. Mm-hmm. And so, so they're nervous. The liberal side of it, which would be the Democratic side, and, of course, the conservative side would be like the Republican side. The Republican or the, the conservatives have a new leader named Pierre Polyev. He's been in Parliament since 2004. And he, you know, the closest thing we can describe him as is kind of like the Governor DeSantis kind of uh, character. Uh-huh. And, you know, very, very solid guy, young guy, same sort of age and raring to go. The problem is that he gets demonized and the media here is run from the Prime Minister's office. He actually funds it to, I think there's $2 billion goes out to media here, most of it to the CBC, but, you know, the other TV stations and, and obviously the newspapers, including the one I work for, are all subsidized. And, you know, that helps, uh, helps the, you know, the people writing those checks. And so there's been a lot of demonization of this man. I don't know. I've never met him myself. But what I see is somebody that's kind of like a populist. He had big, big crowds out for all his uh, leadership, you know, when he was running for it. Now he won by a, such a decisive way, John, that you know, the message is clear to the liberals that the Conservative Party wants to go the route of not liberal light. They want, they want some changes here, and they want to get rid of these arrived can and, you know, where you can't come into the country. We, we don't see American license plates anymore hardly in Canada, and we miss that. Um, and then, you know, obviously economically, but just to see the Americans enjoying Toronto or Niagara Falls, yep, all that. Yep, yep. And then, you know, we, we can't easily come down to a, a Buffalo Bills game unless you're fully vaccinated, you've got this arrived can filled out, and you've got a passport. If you don't have it, they'll give you a $6,000 fine. $6,000. Know, so, yeah, and, um, and some people have been manhandled. I mean, there's been older people that have been manhandled and hurt and stuff. It's it's like giving kind of people that are really, really bad people a lot of power. They can really hurt people. And this is the kind of government we have here. Now, if you toe the line and you do the social credit the way they want, I guess, you know, you're okay. But if you're on the outside of that, there's millions that are. Believe me, there's there's very many, you know, many millions of people that, have been called misogynist and racist by the Prime Minister. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you've covered it over the, the last couple of years. So this probably has a breath of fresh air. Uh, a lot of people are, are hoping that he's going to have a chance, but it's not going to be easy. I'll tell you, uh, Prime Minister Trudeau is a very strong campaigner. He knows how to hand out money. He knows where to get it, which is the throw it on. I have a 10-year-old son. His crowd will be paying for all these this era of nonsense. And, um, and so I don't rule it out. He doesn't have to call an election over three years so he just had an election last september and so you know in in canadian politics you get a five-year term they pretty well time it to the four years the same as you do in the u.s but but you know he doesn't have to i mean he can he can go as long as up up to five years so i think the some people think there's going to be an election sooner because he has a minority parliament but i don't know i'm not so sure he's going to give up that power he's got lots more he can do with it and you know, I think people right now today would vote for this guy, Polyev. I think Trudeau would be in trouble if the election was today. Yeah, but uh, but he's in power, and um, uh, what about his? What about Parliament and and uh, the conservative? Uh, could, could the conservatives at least force him to put the brakes on some of the stupidity, this liberal stupidity that he's pushing? No, because they have a, a thing here called the NDP. And you've never really had that in the U.S., like a, far, a little far left of the Democrats or of liberals. Yeah. And the NDP control, you know, the, the difference between a majority and a minority. And they've made a deal with Prime Minister Trudeau. The leader of the NDP is a guy named Jagmeet Singh. And he made that deal to sort of, it's not a coalition government, but it's in essence a supporting 
so they can't defeat him. And he's got that deal until 2025. And a lot of people feel that around 2025 is when Singh gets that lifetime pension for serving the six or seven years you need to be in Parliament. He's only at four. So nobody's thinking he's going to give up that pension. And, um, you know, I don't see any upside for him uh, turning on Trudeau now because uh, with the kind of excitement that this Pierre Polyev is bringing to the table, I don't think that he, you know, wants to be out in the weeds completely. So I think we've got a couple more years at least before we get an election. But who knows? I mean, the economy is really weird. The interest rates are, are high. Um, you know, we don't build anything. We don't, we're not allowed to mine anything. We can't do any oil here. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know what, what we're really allowed to do, and I don't know how it all works. I mean, I guess it's, you know, like I don't know how it feels in the U.S., but, like, right now it's very violent. And I live in the greater Toronto area, and we, we have a, a very different place. I mean, it, it is getting meaner and crueler. Yeah, and uh, Polyev, the guy who won the conservative leadership, um, I saw his speech, his acceptance, acceptance speech, and it could have been given by Donald Trump or DeSantis, and he was just going down the checklist of things. Uh, and it's just, I just can't believe that there are people who still support uh, Trudeau uh, when they see the, the price of gas, they see the inflation. And uh, in his speech, he mentioned that, that, that um, they're, they're, he doesn't want to be buying, buying oil, oil from dictators anymore. It's the same thing we hear here. Who, I, I mean, you talk to people on the street and they say, yeah, I agree with Trudeau. I think we should buy oil from uh, Iran and, and uh, Saudi Arabia. And we shouldn't, we shouldn't mine uh, or drill for our own oil. Who, who's in favor of that? Well, they, I mean, it seems that the people, you know, that you mentioned it, the climate change uh, crowd and, and the global reset and the World Economic Forum and, and all of that, they've canceled the pipelines with uh, President Biden. And, yeah, but and Joe, uh, excuse me, but yeah. I, I know all that. But what I'm getting at is that's the uh, that's the that's the elites, as uh, we call them. And it's the it's the people in power and all that. I'm talking about people on the street. Are there people on the street so terrified of climate change that they're okay with what's happening to their country, and they believe the the, the insanity? And this guy's coming along, and he's saying he's 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 always calling for sanity. I think uh, it's a tough question to answer. I mean, if if you if you're in Toronto, uh, yeah, everyone's all for green, and they, they they're bring it on. You know, the more climate change stuff, the better. If you're out in Alberta or in yeah. Newfoundland or places like that to pump oil or, you know, have uh, minerals, uh, they see it a lot differently. So that's the great divide. And in our parliamentary system, you know, you get a certain number of seats and you get the majority. So, you know, I think, uh, you know, I think that's the big juggernaut really here is that it's very split, just like it is in the U.S. You've got really good people on all sides of these things. But the part that really gets me, and I, I'm not even answered your question very well, but I, I, you know, I the reason why is I think that we're liable to end up with 20 more years of liberals here. I won't be surprised. Oh. And the reason for that, the reason for that is part of what you say that a lot of people just don't pay attention to it. They only know, you know, there's a lot of people that live in Toronto. They don't get they even have a car. They just walk around mm-hmm. and do all the events. But the demonization, you know, of, of calling somebody a fascist or a racist and this is the kind of thing that this Paulie ever, any of his supporters have to deal with. We had the truckers convoy. I was on with you right from there yeah. in Ottawa. And, and you know, Paulie didn't really support it, but he didn't do what everybody else did, which was, you know, treat it like this was a, a lot of bad people out there. He saw them as Canadians that were, had something to say and he wanted to listen to it. He didn't do that much. And yet they tried to tie him. Oh, he's horrible. And, you know, he's tying in with this, you know, all these horrible racists and all this kind of stuff. But it's so ironic because, I don't know anybody in my life that's ever wore blackface except for our <laughs> prime minister. And he's not only done it once or twice, he's done it more than that. He's done it so many yeah. times he can't remember. And, and he did it in such a mocking way too. If you look at the things, you know, the different things that he did, uh, it's really, really alarming. And he's the guy that gets to call you a racist. And in this case, Pierre Polyev, and it works. He's Teflon and the media love him. And, and so, you know what, um, you know, we'll see. I mean, if, if he's got three years of runway, by the time Polyev is done, maybe he won't be elected dog catcher, although we don't have 
selections for dog catchers. I don't even know if you guys have that, but I've always heard I, that thing. No, I, don't, I don't. I don't think maybe some places they do, uh, but. Um, but so explain for for people this this is being called uh, by some people a, a populist revolution up there at least that's what um, that's what uh, well, that's what happened in February in Ottawa and they raised over twenty million dollars for those truckers so that's not easy to do you try to do that try to raise yeah. twenty million dollars for anything and they stole it they took it away and anybody that organized it had their you know accounts frozen and other people were put in prison and including a grandmother. I wrote about the great, and I talked to you about it, the great-grandfather that was beat up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, a guy had like six great-grandchildren. He was a janitor, just honked his horn or something, just as he wanted to see a truck. He was almost 80 years old. And and this again, and we had the horses that trampled the, the, the people. So, yeah. so this is a, the kind of country it's become. But if you say anything about it, you get pushed off and, and I don't know, you're on the outside. Guys like... Um, you know, you and I, we, we're commentators, and people don't like us, but we say what we think. Right. In this case here, you know, there was a woman that worked at uh, in one of the government offices, and she gave $25 just because she thought, oh, good for the truckers, they, you know, I want to support them. Yeah. She lost her career, lost her job, you know, lost her marriage, lost her house. I mean, is this the kind of, does this sound like freedom to you? Well, this, this is what I'm getting at, though. Um, you said that, that, Trudeau can go three years without another election. That's an eternity. The damage that he could do to the country could be irreparable by then. Um, and what can what can this sixty eight percent to sixteen percent win? And the, to take the leadership of the Conservative Party, what can it do to? Um, f- is there any way they could force an election? How how, how much good is it going to do other than just be a, an annoying voice? for Trudeau to have to listen to? Well, they, they can't really protest because they've got new rules about protesting and they're bringing in even stronger ones. So they can't really mouth off online because they're bringing in an online censorship bill. So your question is sort of rhetorical. I mean, I think that this is why I won't doubt that, that we will get another uh, Trudeau government uh, somehow. And look, at if he wins this next election, that'll be his fourth. He's only been in seven years. We've had three elections. He's, we had two back-to-back. He's had minority parliaments, so he's not that popular. But he's popular in Quebec, and he gets the, what they call the 905, which is where I live. You know, uh, sort of the people that are doing well, they have the houses and the, the government jobs. Mm-hmm. And there's lots of that. And so if he wins the next election, John, I think, you know, I think that you'll be like a Castro figure. He'll be 30 years in office. And and it, it sounds crazy, but I, you know, that'll be the fourth conservative leader he's taken down if he does it. So that's why this is a big story. It's good that you picked up on it. Uh, this is a very exciting young candidate. He's married to an immigrant woman, um, you know, who was outstanding originally from Venezuela, came here as a, a little girl, but her family, you know, the whole thing out of poverty. And this is a great country, as you know. I know you love it as much as we all do. Yeah. And, um, you know, but the biggest thing right now, if you start to see Prime Minister Trudeau starting to soften on things like that, arrive can, uh, then you'll know that he's nervous and mm-hmm. he wants to sort of get past all this pandemic nightmare, which is basically it turned Canada into a police state. They went too far, and mm-hmm. there was really nothing you could do about it. At least down in the U.S., even though some states were really stringent about it, there's lots of them that. It weren't, and uh, you know, this is sort of a fighting chance. We're here. It was like a big gulag, and it was really, really hard on people. And, and really, the remnants of that are just enormous. Well, um, I, I think it, it, people. I, I see stories. I see the story uh, in Italy. I only have about a minute left here. I see a, there's a story in Italy where a right wing candidate just won big over there in an election. Um, there's, they're hoping and, and, uh, predicting a red, red wave here. Uh, it could be, maybe it's a sign, uh, young people maybe, uh, up there who are normally liberal or sick of the vac- vaccine stuff and the stupidity that maybe they can turn it around. Got about 30 seconds. Yeah, I think it's possible. I mean, it depends on what happens and how far we get down this rabbit hole of the world economic form. And, you know, the fact that people will never own anything here, that's so foreign to Canadian, uh, you know, the Canadian mindset. I mean, the, the Canadian dream was always to own a home. And if you did well, maybe even own a cottage or a trailer or a boat. Yeah. 
And if you take that away from people and they don't have a career and they've got this big debt from the university crowd, you know, going to university costs so much money now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's possible. I mean, the young people are who Polyev is going after. And that's what's making the liberal service. He has the older crowd. But, you know, the younger crowd starting to say, look, I want some of this stuff, too. I wouldn't mind having a Louis Vuitton bag and maybe a vacation and, Own a house. and things like that. And yeah. the other thing, too, the big elephant in the room is this vaccine big lie. I mean, they said, you know, one and a booster, and they're up to five now. And you still get COVID, and you still spread COVID, and you still get sick. So, you know, uh, sorry, but, um, you know, I know it's not popular to say it, but the, the vaccine's failure is, is a pretty big story that the media has kind of let go. I mean, nobody else would get away with it. We wouldn't be able to do our jobs as poorly as the people who made those vaccines have done. That's right. Hey, Joe, I'm out of time. I hope to see you soon. Uh, I'm coming up there in a couple of weeks. Maybe I'll run into you and uh, if they don't arrest me. And um, I always enjoy having you on the show. I'm sure we'll do it again. All the best. Thank you, John. Take okay. care. Okay, that's Joe Warmington of the Toronto Sun. We'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. The Ukrainian army says it took back 20 villages in the past 24 hours alone and its continued counteroffensive against Russian forces. We had an update this morning from the Ukrainian military saying that 20 villages had been liberated in the last 24 hours. We uh, don't have uh, details about their location, about their name, and I've got to say that uh, it's hard to independently verify those claims. But again, this is part of this operation to retake territory in the northeast of the country, in the Kharkiv uh, region, uh, and I think now more than 50 villages have been uh, liberated since the Ukrainians started this counteroffensive last week. BBC correspondent Hugo Bacheka. United Auto Workers Unions went on strike Saturday at the Stellantis casting plant in Indiana. A long-term strike could affect vehicle assembly lines across the country. This is SRN News. Charlie Dombeck here from Key City Capital. As a practicing CPA for nearly 30 years, I have found that 80% of your ability to grow your wealth is dependent upon two factors, taxes and investment performance. At Key City Capital, we improve investment performance by diversifying capital into off-market investment opportunities in passive rental real estate and alternatives like asset-backed lending. We recover dollars that clients unnecessarily pay in the form of income taxes, creating a lifetime annuity of savings. We are a sponsor of passive, affordable, single and multifamily residential rental investments, which are located in Sunbelt landlord-friendly states. These investments are the top choices in a rising interest rate and inflationary environment. They represent a store of value protecting your capital from market volatility. Learn how we at Key City Capital can help you ultimately grow your wealth rapidly. Connect with me at keycitycapital.com or give me a call at 817-912-1569. AM 1250, The Answer. Do you love to cook or have a favorite recipe that's a winner? Then you need to enter your favorite recipe sweepstakes to submit that delicious recipe. The winning submission will receive a $1,000 Williams Saloma shopping spree. Increase your chances of winning by entering once per day and completing bonus entry options. So start cooking. Submit your favorite recipe today online. AM1250theanswer.com. Whose rule book do you want to play by? The government's or your own? This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Without a proper estate plan, many families end up playing by the government's rule book and losing a lot of what they'd intended to leave to their families. That's why Abernathy and Hagerman presents free, ongoing estate planning workshops with attorney Dan Reimer to help you protect what's yours and make sure the government plays by your rules. The next one's happening soon. For details and to attend, visit a-h.law. I'm Father Don Fisher inviting you to join me for my new show, Pastoral Reflections. I pray that it is an uplifting, inspiring program that will deepen and enrich your understanding of your spiritual journey and most especially open you to the promise of God's indwelling presence. It enables you to know a love that exceeds all others. I hope you'll join me on Sunday morning at 7.30 on News, Opinion, Insight, The Answer. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. 
fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP. Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app. Smart speakers. Tune in. iHeart or Odyssey. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Looks like some pretty typical volume for you on the Parkway East. On the outbound side, a lot of slow going. Glenwood up to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. Inbound, not bad, just usual volume there. Parkway West, barely any delays at all, so that's some nice news. On outbound 65, slow going Eckerd Street up to McKees Rocks Bridge. And delays on the Parkway North inbound between 65 and the Fort Pitt Bridge. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer, Weather. Partly cloudy tonight, the low 53, up to a high of 68 degrees tomorrow with times of clouds and sun. Tomorrow night, partly cloudy as well, the low 53, and start of a long dry spell on Wednesday with mostly sunny and pleasant skies, the high 76. Thursday, great day to be outside, mostly sunny, high 75. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Ruth O'Brien. Inflation is soaring. Prices are going up everywhere except Legacy Box. That's right. When our number people wanted us to raise prices, we said heck no. That's un-American. When times get tough, Legacy Box stands strong. Introducing the Legacy Box Inflation Busters Sale. Not $15 a tape, not $12, 9 Yes, just $9 a videotape. We're in a race to save your family's recorded past from the risk of fires, natural disasters, and the decay of time. Don't let this summer's heat age your videotapes, film reels, and fade your photos. Legacy Box saves your memories by professionally converting all your analog formats to digital on thumb drive or the cloud. And it's all done here in the USA. Legacy Box is simple and safe with over a million satisfied customers. For a limited time, you can get started for just $9 a tape. Visit LegacyBox.com slash LBOX to get our $9 sale. That's LegacyBox.com slash LBOX to get our $9 offer. Legacybox.com slash LBOX. My dog was scratching and shedding like crazy around the house. When I heard about Dynavite Nutritional Supplement, I thought, why not? Couldn't hurt. We literally tried everything else. Our dog quickly took to it, and after a couple of weeks of adding Dynavite to his food, we noticed a big difference. Our little gizmo's coat was shinier, and he almost completely stopped shedding and itching. I can't wait to see how well it helps him with his allergies as the seasons change and he's in the yard more. I'm so glad I tried Dynavite. My dog smelled so bad and scratched herself constantly. We bathed, sprayed, and bathed her again, but no results. And then I heard about Dynavite supplements for gut health, and all of the reviews sounded just like my Bella. After just two weeks, she had major improvements with the smell, and no more scratching or dragging her stomach across the carpet. And her coat is more beautiful than ever. Happier, healthier with every bite. Over a million pets helped with Dynavite. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Well... <clears throat> Only a, uh, a really mean person would be opposed to bike lanes. They're wonderful. They, people get to ride their bikes in, in the city, and the government is nice enough to set them aside, I mean, you know, set, set space aside for the bikes to ride safely and not to be abo- bothered by, um, by traffic. And Bill Peduto was the mayor, and I, I – I, um, just so you know, I spend as little time as possible in town. I don't. I don't spend time in the city, so I am not affected one way or the other by the bike lanes. And I, I, I am a bike rider. I have an electric bike, but I, I take it out on the uh, on the country paths on the, out of the Montour Trail. And um, we're hoping to have a guest on. Uh, we're waiting to get through, and we're getting a busy signal, so that stuff kind of happens in radio. So I'm just going to tell you. Basically, what it is, because I, I thought this was interesting, because um, I, I've heard so many people complain about the bike lanes in in, in Pittsburgh, um, and I'm sure that the, well, I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure that the um, 
the the bicyclists don't complain about it. They kind of like having it, and that's that's uh, that's understandable. But now I do hear people complain that they're annoying, and I don't know because I don't drive around downtown anymore. I have no interest in it. Um, so this this uh, woman's name is Diana uh, Furchgott Roth. And she wrote this piece at Forbes about bike lanes. Now, you know, that seems kind of a, a – I guess you could say it's – you might say it's, a, it's kind of a boring subject. But I, I don't think so because I think it's a, a really good example of the government doing something that seems to be really nice for people and makes you feel all warm and fuzzy inside and and uh, it's money well spent. And, and again, if you are opposed to it, uh, then you are just a mean person, and you don't you don't like just because you don't like a bike, you don't ride a bike, you don't want to see these people have a chance to have a, a bike lane, and and also you don't care about pollution because obviously uh, Bill Peduto is a big uh, environmental guy, and he he saw a way to reduce the amount of uh, carbon dioxide in the uh, in the city, so this was part of the thing for him. But um, this is this is from um, a guy named John Forster. He wrote an 800-page uh, book. I'm getting a call here, Mike. Uh, I'm, I can't answer it. That's that's our guest calling me. I can't I can't answer it. So maybe you can try to call her again. You're still going to get a busy signal. Uh, but she's just trying to call me back. But I'll ask her about it. But just while we're waiting, I, I, this is what made it interesting to me. Uh, you'd think that something as simple as a uh, a bike lane for people would be um, something that no who could be opposed to that. Um, and Mike, can we take a break and then I'll try to call her. Yeah, but I just want to real quick. I just want to say I want to give you this number that I was getting to. Um, <clears throat> uh, what number should I call? I, I'm going to have to. I'm going to get back to her. I'm, I'm being tortured here by. A text message, a phone call, and I'm trying to do a radio show. But um, I, I have this number here, and I just lost it. But the 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 number of the the, the chances of you being hurt in a uh, a bike lane are greater than if you are just riding around yourself. Here it is. This guy wrote this um, wrote this 800 page book, Effective Cycling. He estimated that accidents. This is unbelievable. This is unbelievable to me. Accidents on bike lanes are 2.6 times higher than on the road. But they look at think if you go downtown, you see all the bike lanes. Everybody says how wonderful they are. They make it less safe for people. Who who knew? We'll be right back. Todd Saylor, the author of the book, The Brand, and the Attitudinal Disorder, Wired Differently. One of the keys to finding personal success is to start by realizing what makes you unique and therefore special. Many people in the world tend to suppress their views mainly because they feel it may not fit the general overall narrative of society. However, in the world that's changing so rapidly, giving yourself permission to be unique will be rewarding. I know this because I have, like so many others, been wired differently. Learning how to leverage your strengths builds self-confidence and creates a more positive outlook on life. Wired Differently is geared towards helping people stand out, especially those who have felt different or alone. In my series of books, I encourage people to be who they are. And if they are different, then be bold enough to admit it and own it and become successful in it. Discover a new world of opportunity at ToddSailor.com. That's Todd, S-A-Y-L-O-R.com. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, call SelectQuote at 1-800-940-6161. 
That's 1-800-940-6161. Or go to selectquote.com. That's 1-800-940-6161. SelectQuote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Well, we have made contact with Diana Furchgott-Roth. She wrote the uh, piece uh, for uh, Bloomberg, or I'm sorry, for Forbes, and she is a um, the director for the uh, Center for Energy, Climate, and Environment at the Heritage Foundation. Uh, Diana, thanks for coming on. I'm sorry for that confusion. I'm glad we got you. Great to be with you. I'm sorry also. don't know what happened. Technology is imperfect. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I just gave the stat as I was uh, tap dancing trying to, while, while we were waiting. Uh, and you have it in your piece. This guy, uh, John Forster, he wrote uh, yes. in his book, Effective Cycling, that accidents on bike lanes are 2.6 times higher than they are on roadways. That has to be shocking to people who think bike lanes are the greatest thing ever. What? what why is that? What, why is it so much more dangerous on a bike lane that's made to make it safer for bikers? Well, it's not shocking to cyclists. I'm a cyclist. I, I commute to work on my bike. I ride around town on my bike. And the problem is that cars do not uh, see the cyclists in the bike lane. And you have a bike lane, and then there's an entrance to a garage, and the bike lane goes through the entrance. But then a car might turn right into a garage or turn right onto a side street and not see the cyclist in the cycle lane. That's the, that's the problem. Uh, and it's even worse when, the cyc- when there's a row of parked cars and then a bike lane and then a sidewalk, because then the cyclist is hidden behind the parked cars. There have been uh, a number of accidents in Washington, D.C. along those lines. And just a couple of weeks ago, a foreign service officer, Sarah Langenkamp, who came back from Ukraine, the dangers of Kiev, um, was biking back from her kid's school. And a truck, uh, she was in the bike lane, and a truck turned across the bike lane to go park in a commercial strip and um, hit her, and she was killed. Wow. And, and, that, and that's just, uh, I, I, uh, I said while, while we were waiting to get you that, uh, I don't spend a lot of time in the city. I do have a bike, and I ride it on the uh, the thing called the Montour Trail here, which is a an old railroad track. That's not a railroad track anymore, so it's out in the country, and it's you know there are there are no cars to be dealing with. It's only other bikers and walkers, so I don't have that issue. But I do know that um, there are people who complain about the that we had a mayor, Bill Peduto, who was became known as Bike Lane Billy because all he wanted to talk about was putting more bike lanes in the city. And until I read your, your piece here, uh, I just assumed, well, you know, I mean, I, uh, what could be wrong with that? I, they, they, there's, there's worse things to, to waste tax money on, which this guy is perfectly cap- was perfectly capable of doing. But um, most people assume that this is a good idea. And I, and I guess unless uh, you are exactly. a bicycle. Exactly. Exactly, and they they shouldn't do they shouldn't do that. I mean, as well as it being a waste of money, it's a waste of road space. So you, you often see these bike lanes, and there's no one in them, or occasionally there'll be a bicycle that goes by, and yet the car lanes next door are completely full of traffic. Um, cyclists need to be visible. So if Sarah Langenkamp had been in the vehicle lane, in the middle of the lane, uh, then the truck would have clearly seen her as the truck came from behind. There are very few instances where trucks and vehicles go into cyclists from behind. It's very unusual. The dangers and the accidents happen at intersections and, um, and uh, where there's turn-ins for garages and commercial strips and stores and, and parking lots. Well, this might, I would think one of the reasons why it might be more dangerous than people believe, uh, and I'm talking more about people who don't necessarily use them, more dangerous than those people believe, is because the biker, the bicyclists, they have a false sense of security. They think they're safer? Or, or they, how long does it take you to figure out that uh, i got to watch what I'm doing here because this isn't helping me much? Right, exactly. They have a false sense of security. They're biking along, and they don't think that someone is going to come and hit them from the side. Whereas if they're in the middle of the lane, 
they can see everything. They're behind some vehicles, in front of other vehicles. Lights are a very good idea also. Uh, these blinking lights mm-hmm. that show cars uh, where you are, even during the daytime. So you are... Uh, and that, that's, that's actually much safer. So uh, uh, this is uh, in normal urban environments, of course. I'm not suggesting anyone rides on the highway. No, right. So you're, you're saying that bike lanes look nice and they, the concept seems like a good one, but if I decide to ride my bicycle in downtown Pittsburgh, I'm better off riding right down Liberty Avenue than I am riding on the bike path next to it. Uh, yes, that's correct. Yes, that's what the data shows. <laughs> and there's other data that show the same thing. You're much safer in the middle of the lane. Everybody can see you. No one is going to turn into you from some kind, to go into some kind of garage. Mm-hmm. You don't find a car in uh, the leftmost lane turning across traffic in the rightmost lane to get to a garage. No, they signal, they move over, and then they turn into the garage. And so... Um uh, this, so, so this isn't just your opinion. You have figures. To, uh, I gave the one figure, 2.6 times higher uh, the accidents on bike lanes than on roadways. And I think you had some other f- numbers in there, too. Um, right, exactly. So Jan Hine, who is editor of, editor-in-chief of Bicycle, Bicycle Quarterly, mm-hmm. also says uh, that bike lanes are not safe. And there are academic studies that also measure this and show that they are not safe. And I quote this in my piece in Forbes. Yeah, here's the quote. Any barrier that separates the cyclist visually from other, and you've been saying this, from other traffic effectively hides the cyclist. This is counterproductive to safety. Moving, moving cyclists out of the roadway altogether on separate bike paths is even more dangerous because drivers don't look for or cannot see cyclists off to the side. On streets with frequent intersections, separate paths only make cycling less safe. I wish those who advocate for them would look at the data and stop asking for facilities that will cause more accidents. Now, um, and we're, we're talking to Diane Ferkscott Roth, who wrote this piece at Bloomberg and is a director for the Center for Energy, Climate, and Environment at the Heritage Foundation. Are the, who's who's um, responsible for this, uh, Diana? Is it are traffic managers even involved in this? The people who know anything about traffic or Who's in, in, in these cities, who's likely to be the person that says, here's a, here's a good place for a bike path, let's put, put it here? And what do they base it on? Uh, it, it, is, uh, it is city planners, uh, and uh, frequently they do not uh, actually use these bike lanes, but they've been convinced by, uh, I think, often cycling groups uh, pressure these officials to put in place bike lanes. And do you th- so I think that cyclists themselves often do not realize the dangers of these bike lanes. So they actually, again, they, they think they're safer. And this is just, to me, a classic example of the government making things worse and, and, then, and then taking credit for doing wonderful things. Is this, was it, is this a pretty good example of that? Uh, this is a great example, yes. Yeah, it's a great example. And who's push? Is there anybody pushing back on this? I mean, what happens if you're in, in Washington, so D.C.? So in Washington, D.C., yeah. yeah so, in, uh, so in Washington, D.C., there's uh, proposals to have bike lanes down each side of a major uh, thoroughfare called Connecticut Avenue, and local residents are pushing back. Uh, they are saying this is going to harm the, uh, the uh, traffic. There is no way for buses to stop to cross over the bike lane. There's no way for people in wheelchairs to cross over the bike lane. There's no way for delivery trucks to make deliveries. And a lot of parking spaces are going to be taken away, which are used uh, for people who want to go to the local sports. So the residents are up in arms. In Providence, Rhode Island, some of the uh, bike lanes were actually taken out because they were unsafe and they were bad for commercial life. I mean, think about it. There's a bike lane right down the street. What are you going to do if you want to get into a bus? You're going to have to cross the bike lane. Yeah, yeah. Well, what about bike? Or if, or, or if you get out of the bus. I mean, that's even worse because if, if you get into the bus, you might look up and down the bike lane and you see whether there's a cyclist there. But if you're getting out of the bus, it's very difficult to see if there's a cyclist. So you can get run over by a bike. Oh well, or, the, or uh, either that, or the bike could get in an accident itself. Yeah, 
So what would be a, a, a better way to spend the money for cities than on bike lanes? Not that they'd ever listen to any common sense about it. Well, it, it would make more sense. First of all, they could save a lot of money by not having the bike lanes. There would be a smoother flow of traffic. You could put up, up big signs saying respect cyclists. You should start right away when people get their driver's licenses to have them use the Dutch way of opening a door, which is to use, if you're in the driver's seat, uh, you use your right hand to open the door. So you're forced to look backwards to check and see if there's a cyclist. If you're in the passenger side, you use your left hand. Again, you, you use the opposite hand to open the door. And you educate drivers to be on the same uh, uh, area space as bicycles. You also give tickets to cyclists if they run red lights or if they run stop signs. So you make sure everybody moves as a vehicle and that people use adequate turn signals. So what do they do to you, uh, Diana, if you're in Washington, D.C., and you, you're, you're riding your bike on a city street and you're not on a bike path? Bike lane, I guess it's called. Are, oh, you, are you allowed uh, to do yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're, you're regularly allowed to ride in the middle of the lane. Oh, yeah, I ride all over Washington, D.C. in the main lanes, yes, you, right in the middle of the lane. And actually, in Washington, D.C., there's a certain amount of congestion, so often I can move. Uh, so you, it's very easy to keep up with the traffic. Now, are you one of these people that that, that uh, rides in and out of the lanes and rides right down, you know, next to a car? So I get because I always think of someone opening the doors as you were just describing and not looking back and just bang you. You go over the head. You go head first over the over the door or into the smack your yeah, face. Yeah, yeah. It is it, it, it is really inadvisable to do it. I don't advise anybody to do it. And so, um, but I do, uh, but I do do it myself. <laughs> but it's not a good idea. <laughs> that's what I was, see. That's what I was getting at. You do, you <laughs> do that by, uh, yourself. You you sneak up in between cars as you uh, to to make better time. I shouldn't say, but I do. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. what's the point of a bike, though? You know, if you're not going to do that, right? Uh, it, well, it, the point of a bike is you always find a place to park, and you can park right near your destination. Yeah, but you can also and you go very fast. You can <laughs> you can also beat traffic. Hey, Diane, I, I appreciate you coming on. That's a very interesting. Uh, I, I think I think it's surprising to a lot of people. Thank you. Well, it's in the literature. Thank you so much for having me on. Okay, and uh, how much time I got, Mike? 20 I got twenty seconds, and then I'm out of here. Okay, well, uh, you know, if you're if you're planning on getting on a bike as you're leaving downtown, ride on the road. Stay off those dangerous bike lanes. I'll talk to you tomorrow. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of Salem Media Group and sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow fan. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.